<clears throat> not a lunch lunch. I got some pickles in there, but the sodium's really high on the pickles, so I don't want to like just go crazy on pickles. Yeah. Duh. When during the summer, whenever when I have to provide my own lunch because I'm at school, so they provide my lunch. Uh, I'll uh, I'll make a couple of chicken breasts the way I like it, and I'll make a a thing of rice, and I'll have like. How do you chicken. do that? Huh? How do you cook the chicken? How do you cook your chicken breast? Uh, I eat, well, I mean, I'm assuming you don't have a grill at your house, so I, I would, I would bake it. Um, no, would, okay, so you would, you grill yours. Yeah, yeah, as I mean, often as possible. <clears throat> yeah, just because I, I prefer the grilled chicken because it gets, right. it's just juicier. But baked chicken can be really good too. Um, That's what I did tonight. I took the chicken. I got three chicken breasts. I took the chicken breasts, each one of them, cut them in half, and then cook the halves. Okay. And I did, and I went for like 18 minutes, but that might have been too long. So I'm going to dial, I'm going to go back like a minute. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But that, I mean, that's what I would do. I, and I would make a big thing of rice, and for like three days I would have, I would have chicken and so, rice. But some you know, days I would like. Now you're trying to build, so you're not necessarily cutting your calories. So rice isn't an issue from that <clears throat> standpoint for you, right? Well, I mean, it's okay to have it's okay to have carbs. It, it's just calories. It, yeah, but I'm, but I'm just talking about carbs specifically. Um, gotcha. Like chicken and rice is not a lot of calories, um, especially if you just get plain white rice. It, it's not a lot of calories at all. The mm. what happens? What what will happen though is like some people like, you know, I'll have like a um, Costco here. I don't know if you I don't have Costco. Y'all have Sam's though. Mm-hmm. Um, Costco and Sam's have these Y'all, like, like you didn't grow up here. S- sorry, uh, Sam's has these like really big um, muffins that they sell, and so like I'll have like a I'll have a big blueberry muffin and a protein shake for breakfast, and I'll have I'll have some chicken and rice for lunch, and and then for dinner, I'll I'll try like that. That's not a lot of calories at all. That's mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's a thousand calories between those two meals. And so for dinner, like I'll be okay eating like some like spaghetti with, with meat, you know, some meat spaghetti or chicken spaghetti or, or something like that. Um, it's, it's really just finding the balance. Um, mm. but I like Lisa hates it. Lisa hates that I can like during the summer, I'll just make like four or five chicken breasts and I'll have like chicken and rice for for lunch almost every day and i'll throw like some soy sauce on it occasionally and i'll just crush it um because I, I just enjoy chicken and rice i'm pretty basic in that regard um i love chicken and rice but what what's all in the rice just butter any anything not not anything I in put, the rice i put maybe maybe a tablespoon depending on how many cups i make if i make two cups of rice I'll put I'll put like one tablespoon of butter and like a dab of, of garlic salt and that's it and 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 a dab is not a ton but it'll be it'll be enough for flavor um and and I'm happy with that. What do you do to the chicken? Uh, I know you said you grilled on, it, but season. Yeah, it, like it depends on on it depends on whether I know or like I'll make one chicken breast that has nothing on it because. That'll probably be my teriyaki chicken where I'll just put soy sauce on the chicken and rice. Um, but like sometimes like there's just lemon pepper marinade that you can get in the sauces aisle. 
it look it looks like salad dressing, but it's actually a marinade. Um, you can get some lemon pepper. You can get this like uh, Cajun style. You can get this. They they have a bunch of different uh, flavors, and uh, I'll I'll gra- I'll grab that and um and you know just kind of separate them. I can separate them into different containers and and cook them differently. So I'll have some variety. So, and a burrito. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm back on my thing. <gasps> Sorry. My kitchen recently opened back up. Uh, and that's another, that's a story for another day in terms of why the kitchen was closed. But uh, when you say kitchen, you mean your kitchen? All right. So, long story short, ooh, my stepmother was kind of a dick. And imagine that one of the things that she was a dick about was the kitchen and me being in the kitchen and me making a sandwich for lunch or me doing anything in the kitchen. She was a dick about uh, unless I was in there doing what she wanted me to do uh, for for uh, for the kitchen. And even if I was in the kitchen, it was there were rules about where you were supposed to be. In the kitchen, which that part's probably normal. But anyway, she was a dick about me being in the kitchen. And so I've had roommates now for the last year and some change. And some of it's because they were just they were they were super duper messy and I didn't want to be in there with all of their filth. Uh, But there was also this the sense of. It's I don't want to share the kitchen with anybody. So, because of my dick stepmother. So, mm. uh, now that nobody is here and it's just me, I can go in the kitchen now. But uh, if new roommates come, I'm going to try to be better about, you know, getting in there, getting my thing done, and getting out. Because eating out for a year straight, even doing good with my eating out in terms of not just eating you know, burgers and such, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's just like, a, a it thing. has, it has such a high level, it has such a high level. Most of that stuff has such a high level of sodium and you don't even realize it. And it, yeah. you can just eat away at you. Okay. Yeah. So I think I've done a pretty good job with my water on that good. front. Hopefully. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's a dick. Yeah. She sucks, man. Um, uh, all right. Let's do this so we can uh, record, have a good show, and not be up super late. All right. Oh, I think we're already recording. <laughs> uh, we are. We've been recording for seven minutes now. Right. Okay. And I'm ready when you are. Yep. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to a rich tradition college football podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Steltonpole. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. Roberto, how are you, my friend? Look, man, I was doing great. Okay, I was doing great. I watched you was, Lego. You Batman. was doing great. I was doing great. I watched Lego Batman with my son for the first time tonight. I've seen it a couple times. He had never seen it. It was hilarious. We were having a great time, just laughing at Batman, being funny. Okay. Batman, Lego Batman is that's got to be top ten Batman, dude. I think no, I think it's like top three or four, like with what else? 
Mask of the Phantasm. 100%. Lego Batman. Mask of the Phantasm is, 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 in my opinion, the greatest Batman story ever put on film. I know. That's why I named it. Yeah. I put it in your list for you. I love the I love the Batman. The the recent. So you've got Matt Reeves, Lego, and Phantasm top three. No, no, no. In order, Phantasm, Matt Reeves, Lego Batman. Okay. And then where's uh Heath Ledger and Christian Bell? So what are we talking about here? Are we talking about are we talking about my favorite? Are we talking about what I think is the best? Because those are two different things to me. Okay, what list are we currently talking about? To, to me, these are, the best Batman. these are the best Batman movies. And I'm specifically saying Batman, Batman movies because Dark Knight's not a Batman movie. It's a Joker movie, and Batman's in it like 20 minutes. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's a it's it's literally a villain villain origin movie. It is incredibly well made. It is so well acted. It is quoted like crazy because it is probably the best made Batman movie. But in in my opinion, it's not my favorite Batman movie because I don't consider it a Batman movie in a lot of ways. So it's not even in the top ten then. Oh no no it is. I'm not that ridiculous. But uh, like I would much rather watch. I would much rather watch Rises. Over Dark Knight. Like, but again, if we're talking about best made, I I mean, I'm not stupid. I would say Dark Knight. Because again, it is probably one of the best written. It's probably one of the best written movies ever, especially dialogue. Where does Batman and Robin fall? (sighs) It is. It is probably the worst. No, Batman and Robin's not the worst. No, ba- I was. I'm sorry. I was uh, other way around. Um, not Batman and Robin, but Batman Forever. Uh, okay, Batman Forever is better than yes. Dark. The, the Batman Returns. It is better. It's it's not better than Begins, but it's it's close for me. I think I I think the the thing that sucks about that movie is that Val yeah. Kilmer is not a great Bruce Wayne. But he is a great Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the ending kind of loses me a little bit. It was on yeah. the other day. And, the ending's and you not know what? great. Chris McDonald is actually a really good Dick Grayson. He's just 30 playing a 16-year-old. <laughs> like, not literally. I'm telling you, that, uh, that, 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 uh, that mop scene <laughs> is for the ages there. Joel Schumacher. Clothes on with the mop. Joel Schumacher. Just, just we man, need I, a way to show off this kid's athleticism <laughs> outside of his, you yeah. know, being a flying grace. And how do and we want to do that? And Jim, Jim Carrey, I, I think Jim Carrey gets a bad rap, but I think he actually does a pretty good job of being the Riddler. So, um, oh, yeah, Jim Carrey's the best part of the movie, I think. He might be, he, he, even him as Edward Nigma before he, before he turns is still really good, too. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, we're here to talk this, about college football. Yeah, this was not planned. I apologize, folks. <laughs> I am, I am, I am mad. I'm feeling a little bit better right now, but I, I am mad, Spencer. And so this can just segue straight into what we want to talk about. I, I, I'm mad. mad for, I'm mad at the current rankings, the current playoff rankings. Now tonight, we are not here. Spencer and I agreed to something. We are not going to play the what if you know what this has to happen or that has to happen for 
this team to get in and that team to get in. Uh, that's tired. I, I don't care about that. We'll have that conversation probably the weekend of Thanksgiving leading into championship weekend. Like we'll do a whole preview freaking podcast of of the what ifs of of the weekend. But the fact that <laughs> the, the fact that Alabama is nine after losing a second time and and the whole freaking and they were already three spots down. They were already what at six with one loss and they had they should have two other losses under their belts they i mean legitimately you know i'll be fair they should have three losses they should have three losses the 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 third one being texas and they're be, they're being they're placed at ninth just to prop up tennessee if i thought bama was one of the top 10 teams in the country i would not give a crap but they have a top 3 quarterback and Will Anderson has not been Will Anderson this year. I don't know if that's scheme. I don't know what's going on. But their defense is not like is not what we thought it was. Their O line gets pushed around. I I am I am just I'm I'm I don't know why I get worked up about this because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But the fact that Alabama is ninth, Kentucky is freaking twenty fourth. It is just it is just asinine to me. And I, this SEC prop-up crap really does bother me. It bothers me so much. So this is strictly a resume thing. Yeah. But, but even I, I that, test. Again, but, but even I test. What I test tells you that Alabama is a top-10 team. Well, look at the teams that they're ranked ahead of. Do you favor them against would you favor them on a neutral field against Clemson right now? Would you think Clemson's going to beat that Alabama team? Because Clemson has no offense. No, but so I, I think but, it's not the end of the world to put yeah. Clemson to put Alabama ahead of them. What about Ole Miss? I, Ole Miss I think is I think Ole Miss is one better. dimensional. Go I, ahead. I think Ole Miss, UCLA, I think Utah, all three could beat Bama. I'm not saying would. I'm not saying who would be favored, but I'm just saying those three teams I think could beat Bama. Clemson, you have a fair point. Clemson's probably ranked too high anyway, even with only one loss. And that I would agree with that too. Like so, uh, you want to put Bama and 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 Clemson ahead of Penn State? Okay, that's fine. That they got slaughtered by Michigan. Okay, they they probably don't deserve to be. They probably don't deserve to be ranked ahead of of Clemson and Bama but I I am just frustrated when they tell me when they tell me that we watch you know we start over every week of rankings okay well let's see how accurate that is Ole Miss was 11 last week several team or three teams ahead of them uh, a few teams ahead of them lost and they stayed the same Ole Miss stayed in the same place they didn't move at all and that is – and here's the other part of this, Spencer. I firmly believe this is only because they want to have a win to prop up Tennessee so they can sneak them in when when, when Georgia possibly destroys whoever they play in the SEC championship and TCU loses. That's that's my problem is that they're setting this up so they can put two teams in the in, – in, It's different. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, real quick before I ask my question, 
So Alabama's at number nine. Yeah. Georgia's number one for those that haven't seen. Georgia's number one. Ohio State two. Michigan three. TCU four. Tennessee five. Oregon six. LSU seven. USC eight. What? So my question is, what's different from that than what they've been doing every year? I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying yeah. this is sort of the same same song and dance as as before. There are TV ratings attached to this, and we've always known that. Well, every year, every year you and I complain around this time of the year in November about the propping up of SEC teams that don't belong in the top 25. We've done it for the last two years. I know specifically on this podcast. Do you remember when there was like a like there was like a three or four loss Arkansas in the top twenty five? Like that's it, it's just it's just this SEC bullcrap. And and they're they're going to put Kentucky here. Kentucky, you know, it's probably not going to lose this weekend, but Kentucky plays against Georgia the following weekend. And so Georgia can have another ranked win. Georgia doesn't need a ranked win. Georgia has done, as long as Georgia doesn't lose, they have done everything they needed to do. They have waxed the top the two top ten teams that they played. They have done exactly what they needed to do. Georgia doesn't need prop, propping up. But you do. You know who does need propping up, Spencer? Kentucky. Or I'm sorry, Tennessee. Tennessee needs the propping up. They are they are setting themselves up to put Tennessee in the top four again at the end of the year. And it angers me and it frustrates me because I've seen them do this numerous times. And I'm just I this has nothing to do with Tennessee other than I don't think you're a top four team anymore. I don't think you should be able to play in the playoff. But the playoff committee is it, it just I I see it. And if you think I'm being crazy, please tell me, Spencer. I just want to know what what's flipped because I feel like last week we were very we felt very good that hey this is a Tennessee team that's just playing with their hair on fire and I mean obviously I understand we got another data point from this weekend but not everybody's Georgia um and maybe not everybody's Ohio State so that's that leaves two other spots available for somebody to but jump w- in there I would even argue Ohio State may not need to be two since they just struggled against freaking Northwestern. You got to put somebody somewhere. I mean, somebody's got to go into the number two spot. You're right. You're right. I'm just, I'm just frustrated about again. It just, it just feels like SEC bias all over again, man. It just frustrates me. Yeah, I think your argument for. For Kentucky makes sense because you look at the other three lost teams. Florida State does have the win over LSU at the beginning of the year. Notre Dame at 20 now has uh, Florida State's 23rd. Notre Dame, 6-3, and three, is at number 20. They do have the win over um, Clemson. Kansas State has uh, it, it, what feels like several wins at number 19. They're 6-3 and three as well. And one of those includes the absolute blanking of... Uh, Oklahoma State, which might be the reason they're not even in the top 25. So Kansas mm-hmm. State has a whole team outside the top 25 because of them. And then I don't know what, I guess Texas has the drubbing of Oklahoma, but nobody really respects Oklahoma. Texas is 18. I get, could we argue that they don't need to be that high? Yeah. In, in terms of the six and three, the three losses? Yeah, they moved up six spots. 
because they beat a that Kansas like State much, team. Right? Yeah, yes, 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 it does. They beat Kansas State. Okay, there's their, I guess that's the win. Yeah, but but can't, but Texas went from unranked to 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 top twenty to eighteen, and it, man, I freaking I freaking hope TCU wins. I I really I I'm I'm right now I'm becoming the biggest TCU fan. Yes, I've made fun of you because you continuously play backup quarterbacks and beat them, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I really do. I they just. They're just setting themselves up for for what they want it to be, and as opposed to what it should be. Right, any what, issue with the top four: Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU? No, I, I think those those are the four undefeated teams. They they've either looked impressive at times, or they have the resume that shows that they should be ranked that high. Um, like right now, Michigan's slaughter of Penn State looks really good right now. You know, um, that's their prize. Right, that's yeah. their claim to fame, and and that's probably one of the reasons why I would put Michigan over over Ohio State is because Michigan had because of Michigan had that has that against them, um, because they have a head to head common opponent, but you know it, it it's fine. I, I'm not going to make a big fuss about that. I I think the team to me though that really um, holds all the cards. The team that holds all the cards is LSU, right? Like, LSU control, like, they are a team <clears throat> that ultimately does control their own destiny. Like, and I'm, I'm sure Georgia does, Ohio State, Michigan does too, and TCU. But if, if LSU wins their next, like, if they win their next three games, they only have two SEC games left, they win the next three games, and just as, let's just say they beat Georgia, they'll be the first two-loss team to make the playoff. But I'm not. I don't want right, to play yeah, the. No, nope. I don't. I don't want to play. You're not the, wrong about that. I don't want to play the what if game. I'm just saying, like when I look at this, Oregon and LSU are kind of like like that six, seven, eight squad right there. They Tennessee needs help. Oregon, LSU, USC. If they win out, they're somehow they're going to get in. Now you don't want to do the what if thing, but if LSU does all of that, Tennessee's still sitting there with one loss. Mm-hmm. And ten win, ten plus wins, and they have a win over the LSU team that you would then be leapfrogging them with, and they have a win over the same team Tennessee beat in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, you're I mean, right. Almost with with Tennessee holding the or LSU holding the cards, Tennessee's probably believes that some of those cards belong to them or are in favor of them. No, that's true. Um, just to <clears throat> throw a couple. I mean, I, I told you I didn't want to play this game, and it's my fault. I, I I brought it up, but the let's see what we can do to piss off Robbie tonight. <laughs> just I, yeah. Um, Cole uh, Kublik uh, tweeted out a really cool thing showing the opponent overall opponent record. Tennessee's overall opponent record 15-31, LSU 50-31, Georgia 48-33, Clemson 47-34, TCU 41-40, Ohio State and Ole Miss both are 40-41, and and USC too is 40-41. The reason why I want to bring this up is because we've talked about this before, Spencer, and I'm really tired of these like top, you know, past top ranked wins, right? I really do wish that we're at the point in the season where we would start, I wish we would start using opponent records. 
like overall opponent records as a metric. Because I think that if you if you're playing a record like this, that where where like you you have you are playing you are playing teams that have more wins than losses, that to me is more credible than someone someone telling me you beat Florida week three or four of the season when they were ranked. Yeah, I think that's that sounds like a proper substitute for that thought process. Yeah, because I'm I'm sort of <clears throat> weird. I'm, there's an in, I'm, I have an in between on the whole taking like looking back and saying, well, that win no longer means anything because that team isn't who they isn't now who they were. I'm going to judge you on that win based on who the team is now when your your beating of them potentially led them to be who they are now if that makes sense so I, mm-hmm. I try to keep the snapshot of you won that you beat that team in that time that's who they were then this is who they were and are now your win over them potentially contributes to who they are now which could be the downfall of uh, you know sliding backwards loss of confidence uh, whatever yep. it is We've done this with Alabama before. They, you know, you you get beat by Bama and you just aren't the same after that. Or you get, you know, maybe Georgia's turning into that kind of program now. Uh, we'll see with Tennessee. But I'm I'm sort of in the in the boat of a snapshot. But I don't mind adding more information is never a bad thing. So yeah, add the at the very least add the uh, opponent record for sure. One last thing, and then let's move into the, the review of games. How is it that USC has zero wins against top current top 25 teams in the college football playoff? UCLA has two wins, and yet the the Trojans are ranked four spots higher than UCLA. You know why. But again, USC. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's Southern California. It it just it, it goes it goes back to this just brand biased bullcrap. But it's okay. Which it's you gonna... would think UCLA would carry similar weight, but yeah, I can't those, wait. those in Southern uh, California know that mm-hmm. it just doesn't ultimately. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot wait for you UCLA to beat the brakes off USC. And I, 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 just, I can't wait for it to happen. All right, Spencer, what did you think overall of this past weekend's games, buddy? Uh, overall, things felt uh, promising. Uh, obviously, it's fun to watch uh, Georgia win games, and it's fun to watch Georgia absolutely and totally control uh, games. I think there's a part, we talked about it when they played Florida, that Kirby loves the idea of I'm going to beat you the way I want to beat you. Mm -hmm. We're going to modernize ourselves a little bit, but then we're going to do what I want to do, which is jump out to 21 to three, and then we're going to boa constrictor you into into nothingness. I think he likes that. I think he loves the fact that he is finding the perfect balance of modern offense. We're going to go and score some points. 
We're going to do it flashy. We're going to put the ball in the air. We're going to get everybody involved, but we're not necessarily going to be. And sure, I'm, I would imagine he would have loved to score a few more points uh, at some point. And he's certainly not going to say no to more points. But the fact that the game is 27 to 6 for a long time and it really makes you, the 27 from Georgia really makes you emphasize the fact that Tennessee only has six points. Really, I think that just that just makes him giddy as I'll get out. Yeah, I, I told a buddy, once it started raining, Kirby got exactly what he wanted. Yeah. Because it, it, it gave even more of a reason as to why they were going to play play bully ball and just and just run it at them and run it at them and run it at them. Um, look, Georgia handles this game 27-13. People may say, oh, that was close. No, it wasn't close. Tennessee didn't score their first touchdown until the fourth quarter. Uh, Georgia, if they I, I truly believe this, if Georgia wanted, they could have just they they could have they could have scored 40, 45 on them. Um, the crowd, excuse me, the crowd was worth just seven points alone, man. Uh, but the man of the hour to me, I mean, the defense, the defense is, is there's numbers that are showing Spencer that uh, Georgia's defense may be, I love you, uh, Georgia's defense may be as good as last year. They may not have first round talent like they did last year. But they, as a unit, they may be as good as last year. But to me, the man of the hour is Stetson Bennett. All he had heard, all you know, for weeks now, hidden hooker, hidden hooker, hidden hooker, you know, all these other quarterbacks ahead of him, and he throws for seventeen and twenty-five for two fifty-seven and two touchdowns. The kid was dealing. He had an incredible touchdown run that I think set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, and I am just proud of this Georgia team. And I told you last week that I thought that this win was a signal that Georgia was becoming a Bama. And I, I think, I think it's hit that echelon. I don't know if they're going to win the title. I don't, I, at this point, I don't really, I don't care if they won the title. I did. I, I really don't. Like, I think they could, and everyone's already chalking them up to, to win the sec championship. And I'm, I'm not ready to do that yet, but I, I think that Kirby has put himself in a position where his teams are ready to play and handle any other team across the country. And and I'm 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 it's awesome to be it's awesome to be a fan of a team that that can be that, can do that week in and week out. I think you gotta give a lot of credit to uh Stetson Bennett. Um, and I think you got a lot of yeah. You know, we ask the question all the time, can Stetson get into a shootout? And Kirby really just puts it in a position where we're not going to we're not going to answer that question. We're just we're just not going to answer that question um, anymore because this is a team. This is a team thing. And if we can avoid our quarterback having to be in that spot, we're 100 percent going to avoid putting our quarterback, putting our offense, putting our team in that position. So um, I think the defense did a tremendous job shutting things down, forcing um, winning the line of scrimmage and forcing uh, Tennessee to have to sort of 
you know, run 12 plays, run 10 plays, whatever it is, and go down the field that way, putting pressure on Hendon Hooker early so that he's throwing the ball uh, errant and then the help of the stadium and what they were doing uh, there at Sanford, really getting into the head, just the whole environment, the whole situation. You're now lining up against the big bad bear and you've got to come through and perform. It's one thing to talk about it all week. It's it's quite another thing to go out and do it and to have to do it twice. They did it against Alabama and give them all the credit. But now you've got to do it a second time and you got to pull pull that together and you're going to have to do it on the road uh, at that point. So give Georgia a lot of credit for throwing them off off kilter, taking advantage of it when they were in that position. And I think they had six sacks, Georgia did, and all of them seemed to come in the fourth quarter. Or at least late in the ball game, just to sort of put the final nails in the coffin of like, this isn't, you're not getting back into this ball game. Even if the offense is stalled a little bit, you're not getting back into this ball game because we're just going to eat your quarterback alive. Yeah, the one of the questions was, how is George going to put Pressure on the quarterback. They had only gotten seven sacks um, the entire season prior to uh, prior to Florida. <laughs> Between the Georgia game and the Florida game, or I'm sorry, Florida Tennessee game, they have seven game. They have seven sacks in those two games. Um, there has been just a corner that has been turned in some ways, and the DBs and linebackers are getting more comfortable to where now Glenn Schumann the defense coordinator is becoming more and more okay with being able to just call a blitz and, and man, they just call, they just call those blitzes at the best freaking time. Um, but I overall uh, was incredibly happy. I think that this Georgia team is legit. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to win a title. I don't know if they're going to win the SEC, but they have a tough road test against Mississippi state, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, Spencer, I, I don't have a ton of games for us to talk about, but I do have a couple that are very important to discuss. And the next one is the the Catholic beatdown that Clemson took in South Bend. I picked. I think both of us picked Notre Dame to win. Uh, we just saw. We just read the tea leaves of what was coming, and. Yeah, uh, I mean, what, what do you have to say about this just kind of slaughter? Yeah, I think you got to give Notre Dame a lot of credit. 35-14, Notre Dame, a lot of credit finding the ground game. They're not a passing offense by any stretch of the imagination. That should be an advantage for Clemson's defense. But you finally get to a spot where you start to see, and we're seeing it at Texas A&M as well, at some point, the other side of the football has to wake up. or you know, one side is going to have a bad day. And maybe your defense just had a bad day. And I know Wake Forest put a lot of points on them as well. So, you know, uh, at some point, the offense has got to help pick up the slack. And for Clemson right now, that's just not the case. Uh, DJ, um, you is 39 attempts and 191 yards. I mean, that's just, that's not where it's at. By any stretch, they didn't run the ball very well at all. Um, you give Notre Dame a ton of credit. They're they're sort of similar uh, in certain ways to LSU in 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 a 
and the fact that they're figuring it out as they go along or under their new head football coach. And I think they deserve a, a plenty of credit for that. Uh, 263 yards rushing, uh, 5.6 yards per carry. And they didn't throw the ball a whole heck of a lot. I mean, 117 uh, attempts and 85 yards. Yeah, no, there's not much going on there uh, through the air. Notre Dame just said, we're going to eat you alive uh, on the ground. And that's going to be it. Uh, I was I was pretty impressed with Notre Dame. I don't think you're overly surprised with Clemson because you just feel like, yeah, at some point it's going to bite you in the butt. Yeah. Um, Spencer, Kansas State, the the darling of the Big 12 in some ways, lost 34-27. Let me tell you, tell me if you've heard this before, Spencer. Texas had a big lead at halftime and almost lost it but they hold on to win, but they almost lost. Are you surprised by this? No, I think I am surprised a little bit because I I think um, I know, technically no, because Kansas State is one of those teams that when they look good, they look really, really good. But sometimes it's not as easy for a Kansas State Uh, and even some of the other Big 12 teams, and even some of those or a lot of those teams that are sort of in the middle and budding for top positions in conferences, sometimes it's hard for them to be consistent every week. Um, from, From a talent standpoint or from a whatever it is standpoint, it's just tough to be consistent week in and week out. And I think this was one of those moments where it was just going to be tough for Kansas State to to live up to it again. And we've said that the Big 12 is really tough. Texas is not a bad team, obviously 6-3, and three, and they get this win over a quality Kansas State team. So the conference, I think, was going to eat itself a little bit, and it's hard to be really consistent when the schedule is, is bulked up the way it seems to be this year. So um, yeah, I like- think overall I'm not that surprised, but... I'm also not surprised to see Texas sort of having a hard time holding on to a lead, only scoring three points in the Spencer, second half. Is, Spencer, is the Big 12 the best conference in college football? Um, it might be. I think, there's a might really, be. I think there's a really strong argument that can be made that they are. And it, and Oklahoma it, and, State, though, has only <sighs> scored 16 points in two weeks. No, and I, and I get that. I mean, of course, there's bad teams or struggling teams in every conference. But just top to bottom, the most the most competitive conference just seems to be the, the Big 12. Yeah, I, like, I think so, because we're certainly surprised that Oklahoma State's having the struggle that they're having. They yeah. played Kansas and they played Kansas State. So, I mean, I mean, they're playing two quality teams, two teams that we believe are quality. Yeah, I agree. It is the toughest conference. Um, it is the toughest conference. All right. One last game that I wanted to bring up. Um, well, uh, let, let's give credit real quick. Kansas, great win to become bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought this was just such a great win. I, I I hate that Spencer Sanders got scratched just before the game started. Um, so that might be part of the reason why they only scored sixteen points. But Kansas, yeah. Kansas handles business, man. And and look, that to me, there are two coaches in college football that are definitively 
up for Coach of the Year. That is Lance Leopold and Jim Mora. And Lance Leopold just became bowl eligible with Kansas. Jim Mora is about to be bowl eligible. In his second year. Yeah, in his second year. And Jim Mora, in his first year, if I'm not mistaken, is about to be bowl eligible if they win, like, one more game. That that is that is nuts. And for those who don't know, UConn for two years in a row was like classified as the worst teams, one of the worst teams in college football. No, I'm sorry, not one of the worst team in college football. I'm trying to make sure that I'm right and that they're one win away because I think they are. Yes, I believe you're correct. What do you what do you think about that, Spencer? I know we you didn't plan on hearing about this or commenting on that, but like just these two coaches have just like turned these programs completely around. Well, and I think it goes back to it isn't this is something I think I was thinking about earlier. It's not it's not the program. It's the coach. Yes. Um Texas has been in the whole USC, Tennessee for a long time. Uh, yes, your administration counts because they're the ones who are who are looking out for the coaches. They got to find the coaches, and ultimately, it's the administration that can be tasked with, you know, um, hiring consecutive good coaches that keep things running for a long time. But ultimately, it's the coaches. Uh, good coaches are just good coaches, and they know what to do. Good organizers, good, you know, they've got everything set the right way, or they know how to get it set the right way. Good coaches are good coaches. And so from that standpoint, um, I think from that standpoint, it's not surprising. Because it really is, that's all it takes, is you just got to go find the right people to organize the program. And you can turn Kansas, of all people, you can turn Kansas around. Yeah, it might take you a year. But hell, a year is one heck of, that's a very short span of time to wait if you're Kansas. They're having a ball over there. You got to have be having a ball over in Lawrence. No, I agree. They're relevant, Spencer. Kansas is relevant. And Jalen Daniels almost played. And if Jalen Daniels, I, I really do think this, I, I think this team is completely different with Jalen with Jalen Daniels at, at uh at the helm. And I think for the most part you agree with that. And man, they, they could they're bowl eligible. I'm I'm just curious if they're going to get anybody else, and I, I kind of hope they do. Um, all right, Spencer. Let's talk about though, probably the the win of the weekend. Um, I'm going to start off by saying oh, we I'm, already talked about that. <laughs> I am I'm taking my victory lap. I know that it, there's still a lot of season to play. I don't care. They beat Bama. I get to take my victory lap. I'm taking my victory lap. On the fact that I said Brian Kelly was going to be a good fit at LSU. I didn't care about the family thing. I didn't care about him dancing and looking weird. I knew that he was a great coach. He just needed great talent around him. He goes in to, you know, obviously in Baton Rouge, and he beats this he beats this Bama team. This was a huge hurdle for them. And they they get the dub. Yeah, no, I think I don't think it's um it's impressive the the reach 
that the disdain for Notre Dame has. Nobody was impressed with Brian Kelly because he was winning at Notre Dame. And, mm-hmm. and he wasn't winning super big at Notre Dame in terms of championships, but he was just plodding along. Not plodding along, but you get what I mean. He was just, you know, thump, you know, uh, vibing along, winning 10 games, 12 games all the time, getting his butt handed to him. And everybody just kept with the whole overrated thing. And nobody's ever really, again, translated the idea that, hey, uh, this guy, you give him a different collection of talent. That's the other thing I don't think people realize or understand, you know, the, the recruiting thing. They think, oh, it's Notre Dame. They got talent. Man, that might not be as easy for them in this day and age as it used to be. They have some talent. So, yeah, they still get some talent, but just not the kind of talent you're going to be able to get down at LSU. Absolutely. Um, so, I I don't – I never had an, a worry with Brian Kelly at LSU. I don't know if I thought it was going to happen immediately, but I'm also not surprised because, again, you keep the idea of – this blue chip ratio. I mean, that's a really talented roster that he's got over there. Um, it's just a matter of how quickly he was going to get it turned around. And I'll probably admit that, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they got it turned around as quickly as they did. But it shouldn't be a huge surprise because, again, it's, you know, that's a talented roster. Jalen Daniels is a talented quarterback. And um, they're they're doing some nice things over there. Still, Still got a little ways to go, but. They're moving it nicely. All they have to do is not lose both of the next two games on the road. Who are those games against? Well, we're going to pick one in a minute, but at Arkansas and then next week at A&M. No, I'm sorry. At Arkansas, they have a garbage game, and then at A&M to finish the year. Um, you know, we can talk more about that in a minute, about that Arkansas game. But, I, I look, I, I don't... I don't know how good overall LSU is, but I know that they have wins that are impressive. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Because I have some I have some questions about their O line. The, the fact the, the, the again the fact that Will Anderson and um, Dallas Turner could put pressure could get pressure because their O-line, LSU's O-line isn't the best, but Jalen Daniels' feet was the reason why they couldn't get to him What was the game changer. And and that's because Alabama does not have good defensive tackles that can push up the middle, and that is the one of the biggest reasons why Georgia was able to handle Tennessee the way it was is because they have these monsters in Jalen in, in Jalen Carter and um, uh, uh, Dawkins and – Zion Logue and uh, Walt, Walther, and like they have all these guys that can just cause havoc up the middle, and Bama just doesn't. And LSU took advantage of it. And I'm going to tell you though, man, I, I can't say the phrase here, but what a backbone by Brian Kelly to go for two, right? We always tell teams go for two and end the game, and they never do. And then Brian Kelly did. He wasn't playing yeah, around, especially against Alabama. Don't don't let Alabama have a chance to play more football. Exactly. Don't give Bryce Young a chance to do more of what Bryce Young is is so capable of doing. So, yeah, we we told it to, uh, we told it to Auburn last year. Should have went for two. Should have went for two earlier with one of the same exact plays that you went for two with later. Um, and and you could have won the game with it. 
So yep. yeah, Brian Kelly uh, reads the room correctly and takes uh, the two point opportunity and runs away with it. Yeah. Um. All right, Spencer. Let's. I don't have anything else to add. I wanted, but I wanted to jump into this week's games because I, I think, like uh, you know, I don't try to do this every week, but I think this is kind of like recovery Saturday. Like, how do you recover? from the following week, whether it was an ugly game, whether it was a loss, whether it was a big win, how do you recover? What do you think about that? I like it. All right. So let's, let's, good. Let, let's pick a few games. Thank you. I have some good ideas every now and then. Um, Broken clocks right twice a day. Amen, brother. Um, are you at all worried about Missouri going into Tennessee after Tennessee? Like, the whole the old adage, don't let a team beat you twice. You've used it before. Like, are are you at all worried about Missouri possibly with their defensive pressure? Their defensive line is actually pretty darn good. Do you you think they have a Missouri's chance? Missouri's kept a lot of things close. Mm-hmm. And if they've lost three of the weirdest losses I've ever seen. But keep going, yeah. sorry. Well, no, um Tennessee's in a in a like you said, what are you made of? Kind of how do you bounce back? How do you respond? Kind of situation. You just got embarrassed. You were averaging nearly six touchdowns a game and 571 yards of total offense. And you just got held to one touchdown and 289 yards of total offense. So you've just been put, you know, in the middle of the room and beaten with reeds. Uh, and and had nothing to do to to say otherwise. How do you respond? That's an embar- That's an eyes water. That's a bloody nose. That is a that's a different kind of moment there for them. So how do they respond? And Missouri, like you said, they've played it. They've played a lot of people tight. So yeah, Tennessee's got to get their head on a swivel quickly, or they're going to have uh, a bad weekend again. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. I, I'm going to pick Tennessee to win, but there's just something about this game. It could either be it could either be a blowout or, or a close close loss for Tennessee. I really do. I, I think I think that is. I don't think this game can be close for Tennessee and they win. I think if it's close, Missouri finds a way to pull it out. Um, but it's at Neyland at noon, though. Um, we know how sloppy those noon games can be at times, so. Um, we'll see. Um, Spencer LSU at Arkansas, another noon kickoff. Arkansas needs to win two of their next or one of their next three games to become bowl eligible. LSU coming off the big win against Bama. Where are you? Where are you at with this game? Arkansas's coming off of a weird loss to Liberty. I don't freaking know how you lose that game. Dude, so, and, it's, and it wasn't close either. Like freaking, dude, they they kind of owned them. The scoreboard may show otherwise, but that I think I really do think that Liberty was up 21, 24 nothing on them or close to that. Like he was bad. Yeah, so you're you almost trust LSU and and Brian Kelly a little bit more here to have their team ready to go for another week. Uh, so I think I'll go with LSU, but yeah, Arkansas, 
you know, this is one of those interesting moments for Sam, Sam Pittman. I know a lot of people are really excited about Sam, but he's in a moment now where it's kind of like, all right, we, we, we need to start seeing some results from all of this extra excitedness. Um, in terms of wins and losses, I think he's got Arkansas competitive, and I think that's a big step in the right direction, and I, there's no reason to hot seat or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But you got to start looking at Sam and thinking, okay, let's start taking some steps forward because the the shine and the excitement around Arkansas and Sam Pittman is, you know, it's kind of like, okay, they're competitive, and that's great, but this isn't as exciting as it used to be. Yeah. The Arkansas kind of Arkansas kind of needs this win, right? Like this is one of those games where you wouldn't be surprised they win. I mean, would you be surprised by that? No, I wouldn't be surprised if they won. Because again, I think LSU has had a couple of moments this year where they've they didn't look good against Tennessee uh, at all, and they obviously did not look good for the majority of the FSU game until right there at the very end. Um, so they've had their moments of stubbing their toe. Um, they've, it sounds as though they're past that. Mm-hmm. Jalen Daniels. Come back to Jaden Daniels. Sure. Jaden Daniels has become just a different guy. Um, I would also say that they're finally throwing to their elite wide receivers <laughs> um, because they've got like three of them. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take LSU, to, but dude, oh my gosh, I just saw this line. Did you see it's only a LSU's only a three point favorite? Yeah, dude, that's weird. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what to do with that. It's obviously it's on the road, and again, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. Arkansas coming off the loss. KJ Jefferson's not bad. Maybe no, there's something not. in the matchup. That I'm trying to see though how they win. Yeah, I have something before we move to our next game, by the way. Okay, that's fine. I how did how do they think they're gonna win? Like Arkansas can't throw the ball. I'm how well does LSU throw the ball? What do you think? I I don't I don't know if I love I mean I mean, 32 attempts for 182 this weekend. I mean, they threw it successfully when they needed to. Um, they obviously, you know, you throw the two touchdown passes. I mean, they they made plays through the air when they had to have them. But, I mean, they weren't necessarily some sort of potent offense against Alabama this weekend. No, you're right. They, but they, Arkansas is not great through the air defensively, though, right? Like, yeah, so, yeah. Here we go back and forth. But they do. They run the ball really well, and LSU can. LSU's kind of really good at stopping the run. Um, I, it's just weird that they. It's a three point favorite. Vegas knows something. I usually do. I'm. I'm gonna go LSU. Because yeah, I'm they want LSU as well. Because if they win this game, they're going the SEC championship. All they have to do is win this game, and they're going. But I, it's almost like though, if they lose, if they lose, I kind of feel like they're going to lose. They're going to lose the A and M too. But 
because that's at A and M too. But we we can talk about that when that comes. Okay, Spencer. Real quick, I just yes, wanted to mention one please, thing. Please, 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 please. Uh, Samford is eight and one as an FCS school, and they have the best record in the state of Alabama of Division One schools. Ooh. And uh, former VSU head football coach and Hall of Fame quarterback Harlan Hill winning quarterback uh, Chris Hatcher is now the all-time winningest coach at Sanford. So that was a pretty cool note for one of the many VSU head football coaches at the Division One level. You heard it here, folks. Spencer says Sanford is better than Alabama. You heard it. Mm. You heard him say it. We want. What was who 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 was it that had the sign that said we want Bama and then in parentheses to send us their players? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that sounds hilarious. Did you not see that? That was no, pretty funny. I don't no, I didn't. Who had that up? Uh, Spencer, speaking of Alabama, Alabama goes into Ole Miss twelve point favorite. Ella, Ole Miss has an opportunity here. If they beat Bama, then all they need, it, like LSU basically holds a tiebreaker over them and Bama. But if Ole Miss wins this weekend and LSU loses those two games, then Ole Miss will be going to the SEC championship game. Um, Lots to play for. I, yeah, like, and, and so I'm not talking about playoff. I'm just talking about championships, like conference championships. Yeah. There's a lot on the table. Am I crazy to think that Ole Miss might is probably going to win this game? It's three thirty at the Grove. Like this should tell you everything you need to know about this Alabama team this year. Ole Miss has the has the rusher with more yards, and they have the wide receiver with more yards as well. Um. So, Alabama hasn't lost two games before the Iron Bowl in the regular season since 2010. Um, so, we've witnessed sort of a kind of a historic moment in, in certain ways. I just don't know how long that historic I'm I'm still in that thing, and maybe I'm stuck in the mud, and it's not a good place to be. I just don't know. I'm not picking. I'm still not comfortable picking against Bama this much, knowing that they just lost to LSU on a one point play. Their loss to Tennessee was on a last second play uh, as well, right there at at the end. You know, nobody's Alabama certainly isn't playing as well as they could be playing. But you just feel like at some point Nick Saban's going to get through and they're going to have the kind of finish to the year that they need to have. Whether that means that doesn't necessarily have to mean a national championship. He was able to get through to them last year and blew Georgia out of the SEC championship game, which was enough to, you know, to put them into the playoff and put them into a position to, uh, you know, to play for the national championship again. Can I push back I'm not a little saying bit? He'll do that. I know. Can I push back on a couple just, things? Yeah, go ahead. One, they had two 1,000 yard receivers last year. This year, they don't even have one. The whole time. Huh? Not the whole time. 
win. That, that, There's a thousand yard receiver for them right now. I said they don't even have one right oh, now. Don't don't even have one. I thought you said they only have one. No, they don't even have one right now. Um, my my, so so I I just don't think this is the I don't even think this is the close to the same team they had last year. Um, the other part of this is Ole Miss has had two weeks to get ready for this game. Bama continues to play bad on the road. They they they've done it every game this year. They've either looked incredibly sloppy or they've lost. And, and 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 so Lane, Lane, and Lane's got to be licking his chops, thinking, yeah, "Boy, I'd yeah. like to get one against Nick too." Yeah, I'm I'm, t- I'm tired of Kirby. I'm tired of Kirby and uh, Jimbo being the only two assistants who have beaten him. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now Brian Kelly walk. Brian Kelly walks in and for the first time facing him since I guess 2012's national championship. Uh, is that Brian Kelly? What? In 2012? Oh, yeah, that's Slaughter? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's just double-checking myself. Um, yeah, that's, I guess, first time facing him since then, or one of the... No, they, 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 face, e- they face each other again, like, 2018 or 2019. No, 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 it was, it was 2020. And it was a close game, like, closer game, but they still got yeah. rocked. Um, all right, Spencer, I, I'm, I'm actually taking Ole Miss to, to win this game. Who are you taking? Yeah, give me a Bama. Okay. All right. Recovery. Predictable. Another. No, it's okay. I think I think it's a good pick. It's probably the safer pick. Here's another recovery game. Louisville at Clemson. Louisville. I am with you. I just don't trust Clemson offensively. I, I wanted to. I wanted to pull. I've been very big on let's, let's you know, DJU have his – Let's give him his moment here. You know, the other thing about Clemson that I think is funny, that everybody is really ragging um, Dabo Dabo for his loyalty. And every time I hear people, you know, downing Dabo for his loyalty, I always think back to the Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence situation. I always think, where was the loyalty then? He stuck (laughs) with Kelly Bryant for a whole season. And, and obviously that was before Trevor Lawrence was there, I guess, or was he there? Either way, he stuck with Kelly Bryant for a full season. He gave Kelly Bryant a chance to separate himself, and it didn't happen, and he knew what he had in Trevor Lawrence. Has anybody thought to themselves, maybe Cade Klubnick's not ready? Yeah, he threw an interception like the first play he went in. Maybe he's just not ready, and DJ's all they've got. I, Again, I think you're right. For another year in a row. I think you're right, I'm not buddy. saying it's the correct thing. Yeah. I just no, don't. No, I know. It, it, it's impressive the the amount of de- de- he needs to stop being loyal. He wasn't loyal in the Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence situation. My 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 criticism of him has nothing to do with players. My my criticism of his loyalty is towards his coaches, and the fact that he refused to go. The, the fact that he refused to go outside of his own uh, outside of his coaching tree. To to get to get an updated offensive system or guys who knew what the crap they were doing, and and I think that has cost him more than anything. So, I'm with you. I think I think him sticking with DJ says more about the current state of the quarterbacks behind them. Just like last year when Kirby was getting criticized for being too loyal to Stetson Bennett, when it goes to show us that we were all wrong. We were wrong. 
not just because of the results, but because of what's happened with JT Daniels. He has not been great at West Virginia. And no one else wanted him but Washington State and, no, I'm sorry, Colorado State and West Virginia. So, I, I, I agree with you completely. All right, Spencer. Game day. I think game day is this game. Central Florida at Tulane. Two-point favorite. That's where Josh Pate's going. Okay, that's where Josh Pate, sorry. That's where, that's where Pate's going. Probably the more important, the probably the more important location uh, person. Uh, yeah. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna pick Tulane to win this game. I've watched them play a few times this year. They are really fun. They have the best helmets, especially when they wear. I hope they wear the all matching teal this weekend. Oh, it's one of the sexiest uniforms in all of college football. But Settle I'm, down there now. Sorry, you know how I get. It's when family I podcast here. You know how you know how I get. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> It's like uh, the hyena. For baseball, flying. cold showers. <laughs> baseball, baseball, cold, cold showers. showers. Baseball. Say it again. Mufasa. Mufasa. Ooh. Mufasa. Okay. Mufasa. <laughs> All right. I'm taking Tulane. Who you got? Tulane. All right. Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz. About to make you miss. All right. Um, we're going to pick our game last. Uh, a, a game that I think is more complicated than people are making it. Washington at Oregon. I oh, don't, for Heisman, baby. Well, I would have said, I said that a month ago. And they lost two games. Oh, Nick's <laughs> for Heisman, baby. Let's go. Give me. I can't. I can't back off of it now. He's red no, hot. Right. Twenty-two but, but, passing touchdowns, Nick, thirteen like, rushing I, I, touchdowns. You know, what, you know what? You're right. Okay, I'm done. I'm done fighting it, Spencer. I'm ready. You're done fighting it. Come on over, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready to say it. Bo Nix should be in New York as a Heisman finalist. <laughs> we are recording, aren't we? Yes, we, we are. are. Oh, and boy. if you don't believe it, or if you want to say, <gasps> how dare you? He got slaughtered by Georgia. Yeah, I know. So did everyone else. Okay? So it has everyone else of value. Go look at his stats. Go look what this dude is doing. He is crushing it. I'm picking Oregon. And I feel very, I feel very confident about it. Let's go with Oregon as well. It feels like they're they, you know, all jokes aside, it feels like they're putting Bo Nix in the right position. He's got the and right people home. around him, and uh, and and yes, they'll be at home. So yeah, uh, all love for Oregon. Now, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw this neat preview out there though. I am super worried about the next two games <laughs> for Oregon. Against Utah and at Oregon State, but we can talk about those in the weeks to come. Spencer, TCU at Texas. TCU. Yes, God, I love you. If I was with you right now, I'd give you a big hug and a kiss on the head. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, you know you miss my hugs. All right. TCU is getting so disrespected, and everyone is already picking Texas to win. TCU. Wins this game. I don't care. They're a seven-point underdog. The number four team in the country is going on the road against a three-loss team in Texas. And they're about to go in there, and they're about to handle business. Give me the Horn Frogs. Excuse me. All right, Spencer. Last game. Then we'll get out of here. The Georgia Bulldogs are heading to the Bull Puppies 
of Mississippi State. Mm. It's always fun. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I I said this offseason that I thought if Georgia was going to lose a game, it was going to be at Mississippi State. I I don't feel that way anymore. No, I but I I don't I don't know if I'm going to call a loss. I don't think they cover. I don't think Georgia covers. I think this has let down spot all over it. I do think they will that I think they will win. Dude, the number has already dropped down to 16 and a half. It started at 17. I just I just think it's too many points. I think this team is coming off an emotional emotional win. Uh, I no one got injured, you know, seriously injured. Uh, Ad Mitchell will still not be back this week. Um, Mississippi State has a defensive line though that is very very good, and I do think that will stymie Georgia quite a bit. I'm not really necessarily worried about the offense. I think this past week the defense showed that they can handle they can handle any pass happy offense that comes their way cuz I don't think Mississippi State has the receivers that anywhere close to what Tennessee has. I just think that Mississippi State will play complimentary football cuz they like to run the ball. They like to space you out and run the football. Their O-line is good, their D-line is really good. And and so I'm I'm picking Georgia to win, but I, I I'm sticking to what I thought this offseason, man. I thought this was going to be a close game. Uh, a, a possible Georgia loss. I don't think they're going to lose, but I, I do think this is going to be a close game. So give me give me Georgia, but close. Yeah, I think I'll take Georgia here as well. Uh, Mississippi State sort of uh, was plagued a little bit by, and maybe this has happened to them a couple of times this season about playing four quarters. And I think you know you had a big lead over Auburn this weekend, twenty four to nothing, and. Man, I really do like Robbie Ashford. Um, but if you let Auburn back into the game um, and you kind of have those lulls, and, and again, you're sort of back to another talent advantage uh, for Georgia here as well. And you got to think, uh, you got to think going back to the Missouri game that they're not going to, you know, Kirby's going to have a better handle on getting that message through. Um, so while, you know, we love Mike Leach to death and we think he'll give him a good game mm-hmm. and Kirby will probably be, I don't, I don't know if he'll be the same sympathetic that he was to Chris Hatcher because they worked together, but he did mention earlier this week that, that, uh, that Leach at VSU during the nineties tried to recruit Kirby to VSU, I think. So, hmm. uh, to play there. So, uh, as uh, you know, to play there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they've got a uh, a relationship. I don't believe they crossed over. I think Leach left mm-hmm. for Kentucky. Maybe he was gone. No, he was gone for Oklahoma by the time Kirby was working at VSU. I think. Um, so. Uh, so I, so they didn't work together, but um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this one's, I don't know if uh, Mississippi State has enough to, to stay in this one, knowing that they have their lulls uh, in games that they've had. Uh, I think Georgia will have the talent advantage, and that will take over, and 
they'll uh, they'll pull away. Yeah. Okay. Man, great, great episode, Spencer. Great episode, and I think we're keeping it. We're close to under. We're close to an hour, as opposed to way over an hour. So proud of you. I am too. I'm proud of you. You're coming along nicely. Thank you. Uh, also, Black Panther comes out Friday. Lisa and I are going to see it. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Um, does Auburn beat Texas A&M this weekend? Cadillac Williams, interim head coach at Auburn for his first home game as a coach. I think that I think it'll probably be the loudest it's been all year. Sure, why not? Texas A&M's kind of checked out a little bit. To Dude, they agree. suck. They suck. I, <laughs> I, 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 they suck. I, I, I can't wait for when we have some time. Maybe Thanksgiving week, I'll have more time because I won't have school and I won't have church stuff. Uh, I want to do a kind of like a breakdown of of uh, recruiting based stuff because there's a lot of recruiting stuff coming up. And there's a lot of transfer portal stuff coming up that uh, what several coaches and, and Josh Pay has already said this and other guys have said this who would know that this is going to be the most chaotic transfer portal offseason ever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you also got North Carolina and Wake Forest this weekend. I know Wake's been Ooh. down these past two weeks offensively, but uh, and North Carolina has got a path to the ACC championship. So. Um, yeah, that, that one's should be fun. Eight and one, six and three. So could be fun because Wake's got to bounce back at some point on offense with Sam Hartman. They can't be bad this long. Well, I mean, we, we said that, we said that last week. We, I know I, I just, I'm, I'm sort of, con, I know I'm continuing with the same thing, but it just feels like it's Sam Hartman. It can't last forever. Right. And and North Carolina's not. I mean, I don't, dude, I'm not. I don't have them right in front of me, but I don't know dude, where they're at defensively this year. But they're not great. Drake May though. Drake May should be in the Heisman conversation as well. His numbers are astronomical. Yeah, I don't hate that. All right, I don't Spence, hate it at all. I'm done. What you got? What, what you done. got? Anything left? All right, I'm done. All right, buddy. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. We'll catch you on the flip-flop later.